I love the book of 1 Corinthians because we're in the messy kitchen of the church life. We just finished the book of Romans, which is the cookbook for the Christian life, and everything's beautiful, and, and the, the pictures in that cookbook are glorious, and you see the specific set of instructions and how things are supposed to turn out, and you're ready to, to dive headlong in and consummate the reason for all creation. Once we get into the book of 1 Corinthians, we discover, you know what? Being a Christian and being in a real church, IRL, in real life, it's messy. There's no perfect church because there's no perfect people. But Jesus is bringing us along the way. And while we're on the way, we need to enjoy Christ a whole lot. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Previously up to this point, Paul has touched a lot of problems the Corinthians have related to human life, problems with relationships, brothers in the church suing one another, problem of incest. That's a big relationship problem. Problems with marriage in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. A lot of problems related to the human life. In the rest of the book, he's going to touch problems that are related to God's administration and, and two Practical matters that he touches in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 are head covering and the Lord's Supper. Head covering and the Lord's Supper. As he opens the chapter, he starts talking about, and you might find this strange coming from a 2020 Western worldview, but he starts talking about whether a man or a woman has their head covered or not as they pray or speak for God in public and what what he teaches is that it's appropriate for a man to not have his head covered, and it's appropriate for a woman to have her head covered as they pray or speak for God in public. And you might be thinking, what in the world is going on here? Why does it matter how I dress or how long my haircut is? Or Yes, he actually gets into how long uh, our, our, our hair is. Now, he, he doesn't give, you know, inches and feet and things like that. But what is incredible to take away from this section is that things as practical in the physical realm, things as practical as how we dress or how long our hair is, what kind of haircut we have, you might say, things as practical as that in the physical realm can manifest to the spiritual realm that we are being headed up by Christ, that we are under his rulership and desirous to honor God with the whole of our life. Things as practical as that in the physical realm can manifest to the spiritual realm that we are readily submissive to the King of Kings Jesus Christ. I, I love that. And Paul undergirds this, this really practical matter. He undergirds all of that with profound, profound biblical reason. There were also some cultural things going on in Corinth at the time, but that's not what Paul roots his argument in. He roots his argument in creation and gives incredible, incredible biblical reasoning for that. Second problem he touches is the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Supper, if you don't know what that is, that's, that's what Christians do when they gather to remember the Lord by partaking of the bread and the cup. Sometimes if you go to Christian gatherings, you might see everyone taking a little piece of bread and, and drinking a cup of wine or grape juice. And, and if that was 
you know, the, your first time seeing that, you might wonder why is everybody doing this? That the cracker is not even that good, and and you only got a little bit. It'd be better if everybody got a little more. What's going on here? I'm ready for lunch. You may not have known what was going on. Actually, those elements, those elements, the bread and the cup, they're symbols. They're symbols of Christ's body and Christ's blood. And Jesus directed his disciples to do this as often as they gathered. Do this in remembrance of me. So when Christians gather, they take the bread and the cup to remember, to remember the Lord and declare his death freshly until he comes. It's, it's, it's like a symbolic, physical reenactment or declaration of the gospel. We're remembering Jesus and we're declaring what he's done until he comes. And what was going on in Corinth at the time is that actually they were, they were getting together just about every day and they would have dinner together and then they would partake of the bread and the cup to remember the Lord afterward. But here was the problem is that they had divisions and and different parties of people, the haves and the have-nots, there amidst the church as they were gathering for the Lord's Supper and they were doing things like getting drunk while they were there, okay? So imagine showing up to remember the Lord, this holy, reverent, awesome, incredible time to be gathered in God's presence, and and about half the room doesn't have anything to eat. You're, you're gathering for a little dinner beforehand, and about half the room doesn't have anything to eat. And, and that that's the have-nots. And the haves, not not only do they have plenty to eat, but they got plenty to drink too. And they're they're throwing it down so much that they're drunk, at the Lord's Supper. I mean, imagine, imagine that kind of gathering and endeavoring to remember the Lord in that. What Paul says is that your coming together is is for the worse, not for the better. Now, that's a problem. That's, that's a big time problem. And so what he exhorts them to do is to gather and do so in a worthy manner recognize what's going on here and what this is for. It's not for, It's not for having an all-you-can-eat buffet for yourself. It's not for getting drunk. It's for remembering Jesus, waiting for one another to eat together and, and to engage in this holy gathering in a worthy way. He calls, he, he describes this as discerning the body, discerning the body, recognizing what's going on here. With head covering, it touches Christ's headship. With the Lord's Supper, it touches Christ's body. We have the head and the body in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And when we gather to remember the Lord in such a way, and we do so in oneness with the spirit of oneness, on the ground of oneness, we do so in a worthy manner, and we honor the Lord discerning his body. I love it. I love it that Paul, he touches these really practical things, but he undergirds them with incredible revelation and reasoning from God's word that that gives us profound insight and 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 I would say motivation motivation to repent turn around and and, and get things headed in the right direction for the glory of God in our life here on the earth thankful for the book of 1 Corinthians and thankful to be reading it together here with you